What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Welcome back to another week of Guiltless Pleasures. I am your host, Bobby Asin. Today, I am joined by the one and only Noelle Asin. Hello. Yes, my mother, my role model, my everything. She is here today. We are going to be discussing my journey on coming out. But first, we're going to start with our guiltless pleasures. Mom, do you have yours ready? Yes. What is your current guiltless pleasure? My current guiltless pleasure is catching up on Schitt's Creek. I'm sad to say that I was behind the times, but I've been catching up, trying to do binge watching, getting through a couple seasons at a time, and I have to say it's mostly because of David Rose. And you've also watched Bridgerton, which I talked about the week previous or so, and we just got the news that Bridgerton was renewed for a season two. How long did it take you to watch this whole whole series? We watched it in, well, we split up in two days. Um... There's eight episodes, I think. So you probably just did right, four we watched six four. episodes and then two the next day. Okay. Yes. That was my recommendation. And of course, she listened. I listened to her recommendation of Ratchet, which I was very behind on. Um, so we traded places. She's now watching Shits Creek and I finished Ratchet. So now we're getting back on track on things. Yes. My current guiltless pleasure for this week is Bling Empire. I actually want to have a whole podcast about this in the following week. Uh, but my favorite character is definitely Anna Shea. Her makeup and her horrible hair extensions reminds me of Britney Spears. And I love every moment of any words of wisdom that Anna can bring us. So going into this week's subject of coming out, we will start um, my journey at a young age. Um, I would say you pretty much had an, an idea that I would be coming out in the future, right? Growing up. Right. I've always said since the age of five, I knew you could go either way. It was a 50-50 shot growing up. Yes. And growing up, I would play dress up and played with dolls. Um, Previously, I talked about how I idolized a lot of women growing up, especially People like uh, Daphne from Cartoons and Blossom from the Power of Girls. The Hex Girls. Yep, Ariel. And then real people like Britney Spears. Yes. At five, you wanted to have the Britney Spears poster above your bed on the ceiling. Yes. And I was allowed to decorate the inside of my closet with Britney Spears (laughs) posters. So there we go. Compromise. Yeah, compromise. And more about me there in the closet with my (laughs) Britney Spears posters. I remember... uh, bringing my little CD player, radio CD player in the closet, laying down, looking at my posters while listening to music. So I would say, yeah, it was pretty obvious. But for myself, I know growing up, even when people would ask me at a very young age if I was gay or not, I never really thought about it that much and didn't really think that I was until an older age. I remember the first time I really ever thought about or really knew what that was, was in elementary school at the playground. And that's when someone said to me, my dad says you're a faggot. And that's kind of when I learned what gay people were or what a faggot was. I 
we're coming home and asking about like what that what that was and just learning it's a bundle of sticks but also that it was about <laughs> boys liking boys but I didn't really have that much thought into it until really I was graduating high school I was dating a girl named Morgan poor girl yes why was she a poor girl mom <laughs> because she, the guy she dated before you was also, also gay also came out yes so shout out to Morgan Moots. <laughs> she's a, a gay good legend <laughs> yeah good sport but I remember I didn't want to progress anything sexually or anything like that with her we were dating for like six to eight months at that point and I just wasn't feeling it. I don't know. I just felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. I knew I was dating my best friend at the time, someone that I was hanging out with every day. And think about the reality of what we were doing. We watched The Simple Life together, and like everything we did was pretty much all things that gay people do. But <laughs> also, I would kiss her, but I didn't really understand why. So I remember I left, I broke up with Morgan Moots, and she was convinced I left her for another girl. Which I was like, I can swear on my life that is not the case. But uh, growing up, it was a separate story. And that was my mom always wanted me to experience life on my own after high school. Meaning she didn't want me to live at home after, like during college. She wanted me to be able to... Have the full college experience. experience. Yeah, and learn who I am on my own. And I definitely say that's where... I had the most growth. I went to the University of South Florida um, in St. Petersburg, and I met a friend there named Nick, and he was president of the LGBTQ plus club over at USF St. Petersburg, and he also was in the drama club uh, and got me to join the LGBTQ plus, sorry, ally club is what it was. The Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah, the Gay Straight Alliance. And when I did this, I kind of questioned more and everyone there just without kind of like asking, which I guess is bad for an alliance. I just assumed <laughs> that I was gay, <laughs> but I guess that's actually really bad. I guess they should be just like, whatever, <laughs> but they didn't really ask them. They just assumed because I was there. Uh, but at that point too, I still, I went to church with my friends on the weekends, things like that. I was just trying to find more of my spirituality, I guess. And at the same time, Frozen was coming out, Let It Go came out, and also the song Brave by Sarah Bareilles came out. And I just remember the more I was exposed to things outside of Lakeland, Florida, which is where I grew up since 2006, I was realizing that maybe I was, you know, definitely gay, and my brain was expanding more upon those ideas. And... Uh, it is funny though, cause everyone is making like the stereotype that let it go and all that is a gay anthem, but it really was like, for me, I just remember seeing that and thinking like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I feel. Um, and wanting to let it go. It's like, oh, at least I, I know I left a life behind, but I'm too relieved to breathe. And I just was so excited for that day to be able to come out and live my life fully and even though growing up my mom or you were mm. always accepting and uh you always talked positively about gay people I can't think of any experience where it was negative and 
I know when we moved to Florida, I was already in Cub Scouts and I moved into Boy Scouts. And Jimbo, we heard the commercial on the radio or a part of the radio, they were saying that you couldn't graduate anymore if you were, you couldn't go Right, you couldn't go to an Eagle Scout. If you were gay. And you asked me, well, you asked me if I was gay. You just said, if you don't want to continue doing this when we move, I totally understand. Like, I'm not asking you anything, but you don't have to continue doing that. And I feel like that was one of the first ways that you asked me, but not really asked me if I was gay, but... Um, I didn't continue Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts, but you still didn't question anything like that from no, then on. but I didn't choose for you to go to Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts. That was, your dad kind of pushed that, and it was a social activity at the school. Yeah. And I was dead set against Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, even at that time, because they did not allow gay uh, leaders, den leaders. And I thought that was wrong. Especially in your group, when you had a guy who was a convicted sex offender that would show up. Oh. You know, and you did, and you had a kid with two moms. And it just aggravated me. I never liked them to, be, I never liked that to begin with. I remember I had threatened to make a rainbow soapbox car for you. Yeah, for the, the Derby Club. <laughs> and then you had the gayest. Uh, fundraisers. I mean, you guys sold home interior candles. Really? (laughs) And I remember asking him, I'm like, are they getting their rainbow badge for this? Yeah, I remember I wanted to make a rainbow car in Boy Scouts, and that was frowned upon. The reason I gave that Cub Scout slash Boy Scout scenario was to show that my mom always showed that it was okay to come out in my life and to not be afraid to but coming out regardless of knowing that your mom is open is still scary because your mom has seen you one way in your whole life and it's always scary to think that saying one thing could change that because you know as far as you know that your parents love is like endless for you and to have a slight chance that anything could change or that you'd be viewed differently even though you're the same person is terrifying in that moment and I remember being so scared just to say that even mm-hmm. though like I figured you would have known uh, but anytime it jeopardize like a relationship like that is scary right and I've always said that the person hasn't changed your perception of the person is what changed yeah. Still the same person. And one of my favorite things is actually before I came out, I watched so many YouTube videos on like, um, like you'll be okay videos and things like that. But the best video I ever saw, I don't remember who said it, but it was an interview with um, a person on the streets and they were just asking people questions like, and they would ask more, most people, um, do you think being gay is a choice? And almost everyone at that time said, yes, granted, this is also like, couple years ago so things weren't as progressed now I think we're definitely progressing even more than ever on being accepting uh, I, I'm hoping that we are at least but sometimes the world doesn't seem that way sometimes we go backwards yes but everyone pretty much said that yes you chose to be gay and then the interviewer asked okay so when did you decide that you were straight and then that's really when that hit me too I was like wait I never decided to be gay I never believed that I did decide to be gay but that was the most mind-blowing thing to me because it's like no one could answer that question like when did you decide to be straight and they're like well I didn't it was just natural for me I just 
always liked what I liked. And then they're like, so what's different about being straight than being gay? They, they're like, well, I guess now I, I don't know the difference. And I thought that was such an eye-opening thing for me to see. But after we went to Epcot, I actually drove, started driving home, and I got back off my exit. I turned around, and I parked in the driveway, and I called my mom, and I asked her to come out to the car to see me, to talk to me about something. What did you think I was going to tell you? Were you scared or anything? Like, I had no idea what you were going to tell me. I knew you wanted to tell me something, and you had been <laughs> him and hauling. I thought maybe you wanted to quit school or something, and you just couldn't get it out. Yeah, yeah, I kept thinking, he's had all day to say something. I even told Dave after you left. I'm like, he wanted to tell me something, but I don't know. Never said anything. So. Yeah. And I remember you sat in the car. Like, I can like I can feel it now. Like, even like, when I say it, it's just like, it's a feeling I always will feel like. Well, we still sat story. there for like five or ten minutes before it came out either, as yeah. well. But I remember saying to my mom, I was like, I think like I like boys and girls and then. Like, that's how I started it, which is, I guess, apparently how most people start the conversation. But then quickly after, you were like, do you, like, ex- do you think the idea of a man is, like, better than being with, like, oh, like, a woman? Does, like, one turn you on more? And I was like, yes, like, being with a guy. And then you were flat out, like, well, you probably are just gay, then you're probably not bisexual. You probably just like guys, and you just haven't experienced things. Kind of, like, saying what I wanted to say, which was, like, I've never experienced anything with a guy. I've never kissed a guy. So I didn't know a difference yet. Well, that like, was you also asked that. You're like, well, how do I know I'm gay? I'm like, well, I don't know how you know you're <laughs> yeah. gay. You know when you're gay. I don't. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, he said, I've never kissed a boy. So how do I know? And I was like, well, I guess you kiss a boy and you find out. Yes. Yeah. The fun of that. So that was, I felt like it was really easy from there on like because it was just like setting in stone because i think even then it's like here's a way to ease i'm gonna say which is horrible to say that people ease into the sexual life by just saying they're gay before knowing who they are but also i think in today's day and age like jojo siwa like she has just announced that she's part of the lgbtq plus community a lot of the articles have been saying that she is a lesbian but what she has actually said in her announcement was that she doesn't know yet. She knows that she has feelings and things like that. She doesn't explore that. And she goes, and I don't see anything wrong yet of putting a label on it just yet, which I definitely, yeah, my mom says she's sick of labels. I definitely <laughs> believe in that. Like, I think she's just a growing person. I think we all are just growing people and that there is no need to like fight to get a label as soon as possible. And I think she's right for saying that she's learning and she's experimenting and experiencing things. But, I mean, I think at that point I really didn't know I was gay. But for someone to say that they don't know yet and they don't really want to say or claim that they are just bisexual, I think that's fine. There's so many things like pansexual, demisexual. Like, It's so okay to not know yet. What happened that everybody needed to be assigned a label? I mean, we're all humans, so that should be label enough. Well, my next question is, what would you say that you saw a difference in me from coming out that you saw, like, personality-wise? How was I before versus how I was afterwards? I don't really remember much difference. At the, at the time, at the beginning, yeah. you were very, you were still very reserved and um, kept to yourself about a lot of things. 
there wasn't anything, there wasn't any one dynamic change, like, all of a sudden, boom, you're gay. Yeah. And, you know, you just started wearing sequins all the time, but... <laughs> I do love wearing sheer and sequins, but my first sheer outfit and lace outfit that I get lots of compliments on, which I wore for my first time going downtown when I turned 21, was your outfit from right. BB. So my style literally and physically comes from you. It's always nice when I can hand down my favorite items to <laughs> yeah, my to child, whether it's a son or not. Yeah. Although one of my favorite comments that you made... We were in Hawaii at at Alani mm-hmm. at, at the seafood buffet, and you said, "Man, I wish I had my purse so I could push, cu- so I could shove cookies in it." I mean, that's a really reasonable reason <laughs> to want to have a purse with you. So, after I came out, what was that like for you when I went home? What was that process like? Um. Well, I came back in, and Dave was like, "Well, what was going on? You guys were out there for a while." I'm like, "He he thinks he's gay." I said, and I'm not, I said, I'm not surprised. I'm like, and I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And then I turned to Dave and I said, and if you have a problem, I can pack up my shit and move. And he was like, wait, hold, oh, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. You know, you don't even give me a chance here. To even say and, anything um, else. And Dave has been very accepting. Yes. he's. It's been an adventure for him. It's been, he, it, we did grow up in different cultures, I guess, and... So it was a little difficult for him to understand. It didn't make him love you any less. Yeah, he was always accepting. I think he just didn't understand. Yeah, he he was one of those people that originally thought that, you know, um, it was a choice. And after experiencing life with you, he realized that it it wasn't a choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you slowly impacted several people. Yeah, so... I'm very lucky and fortunate that I had a very positive experience when coming out. Um, all of my family was accepting. I did lose a time a best friend, but in the long run, that just was a blessing because that person wasn't bringing anything positive really into my life. Um, but that was the only consequence that I had of coming out. Yeah. So. Although you did wait the longest to tell your dad. Yes. And I w- we were both surprised that he was... As accepting as he was. Yes. And that experience was very different. That experience, I wrote a letter to my father because I really didn't know how he would react. And I'm very fortunate that it was the opposite of what I was expecting. So. He was a little upset that he was like the last one to know. Basically, the the very last one to know. Yeah. It was <laughs> but, <laughs> it was a process for myself that I had to choose on the best way, I guess to say, to protect myself and protect my growth because I wanted to like keep growing and exploring in my life and then not have anything that would bring like a hindrance or a stop. And I didn't want to live with any like, hesitation. So I wanted like, to continue a process of like growing and then being like, okay, now I can tell officially everyone about this experience or this experience we, were, about we this honestly life. weren't sure how he would accept it yeah and, and that was that's scary yeah of course that is always scary you, know, you, you have friends whose parents have never accepted it or you know, yes have i've a hard had friends who have been kicked it. out of their and, houses and you know i try to be open to all of your friends if mm-hmm. they need anything I, I just can't imagine that somebody would not love their child because they're you know quote unquote different yeah especially in 2021 it's still your child (laughs) yeah 
nothing's really changed. Well, on to the next. We are going to go into rapid questions. I'm going to ask you five questions. I think actually we're down six, but today I'm only asking you questions. Mm. I didn't expect you to write any questions for me because you pretty much know my opinion if you ask me who my favorite Kardashian, things like that. To you, unfortunately, you would know the answers <laughs> already because you hear about it all the time from me. All right, so what is a movie you will actually watch more than once? And I ask this to my mom because she does not like watching movies more than once. Dodgeball. Dodgeball. I love Dodgeball because mm-hmm. I always notice something different each time I, I watch the movie. What is a song that everyone should know, no matter what generation they're from? What's a song that we should all listen to? Brave. By Sarah Bareilles? By Sarah Bareilles. Oh, yeah. Everybody should be brave. Yeah. And, you know, my other choice would be um, I Was Here by Lady A now. Yes, Lady A. you know, I think everybody uh, needs to sit back and look at how they make a difference in this world and how they want to be remembered. Wow. Okay. Actually, that leads into my next question for you. So then my next question is, is there a moment or event that radically changed the way you saw the world? Yes, it was a very long time ago. I was working in mental health and I went to the uh, Metropolitan Developmental Center and I saw grown adults living in cribs. And then that led me to question a lot of things in life because who... The, the God that I have in my mind would not make someone like that suffer or put that on a parent or, you know, anybody. So that, that changed my life. Alrighty, I have two more questions. My next question is, how have your notions of what it means to be a woman changed over your lifetime? Well, <laughs> growing up when I did, it... It was, everybody was, you get married, you have children, and that was what you did. So back in 80, 92, I had already owned my own house, had my own car, was in school, and had a job. So the next thing to do was get married. So I did. You know, it wasn't the best idea, but that's that's what you did. You That was the way you, you did things. The new generation that is out there of young ladies have more options they they aren't being taught oh you should be the the homemaker you should get married the only way to be happy is to get married you know there are a lot of girls that are waiting to be married there no one's in a rush they're doing well on their own women are independent women are the breadwinners in a lot of families they can do the same job that a man can do. We're still fighting for equal pay, and that's not just with women. Um, that's across the board for equal pay. I work for a company that is owned by a woman, and 95% of our employees are women. Most of the time, over the last 10, 15 years, 100% of our employees were women of, of all different types. Uh, over, over 50, over 60, Black, white, Jewish, you know, straight, gay. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> We've had the rainbow. All right. And my last question's easier, I would say. My last question is, who is your favorite celebrity that is my favorite, out of my favorite celebrities? 
Ooh, I don't know. That's going to be easy. It would have been easy a long time ago. I would say Lauren Conrad, but she's not quite relevant right now. Oh, my God. Well, is she? Sad. I think she's relevant, but me, I know what you're, you're trying to see. She's not like a, a Lady Gaga right now. What does now, she or... have? She has a collection at Kohl's. Yeah, a collection at Kohl's. <laughs> and what else has she done lately? Little Market, her skincare line, which is now also sold at Kohl's. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess I would have to say I'd have to go with Lady Gaga, even though I oh thought she was a flash in the pan. Um, <laughs> she does have talent and... Um, and she does a lot of good work for um, the community, uh, the gay community, uh, women. Yeah, everything. So, you know, I, I would have to say that would be my favorite out of your favorites. I have more less favorites yes. than I have favorites. I just am dying over your answer about Lauren Conrad. <laughs> That's my favorite sorry, part. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lauren. I did just get a pair of earrings from Lauren Conrad collection for Christmas that At are Kohl's? flamingos. <laughs> it was from Kohl's? <laughs> from my godchild. They were from, they were from Kohl's. <laughs> All right. Well, don't trash her if you're wearing her earrings. I haven't worn them yet. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm happy. Thought I was done. <laughs> well, that ending right there summons up my mom and I's relationship very well. She was already on to the next thing, but now it is time for our pop culture recap, so let's get started. I want to start out with the most shocking news to me this week, and it is the fact that Chloe has decided to leave Siesta Key, and I don't know what we are supposed to do with that. She carries the show on her back the cast has said themselves that the show would be nothing without Chloe. Chloe just got a free car from Juliet's boyfriend, so I really am interested to see what was so bad that had happened for her to leave the show. The only official statement we have from Chloe is a quote that she put up first. It says, let people be hungry for you. Be unavailable from time to time. You're focusing on your shit. And then she wrote her own words below that says, I cannot stand to see these lies spread anymore. I was not fired. I decided to take a step back from filming because it became extremely toxic. I am unwilling to put my journey and my happiness on the line for fame and money. You all will have clarity when the show airs. Now please stop spreading lies. The only thing that's positive for me, or that I think is positive, that I got from reading that, is that she says she took a step back, which I'm hoping means that she will truly come back to the show because without the drama or the pot stir how is there going to be a storyline i just i don't know i don't understand how this is going to happen i just thought it was odd that she wasn't on the private island in the caribbean while filming i figured garrett would take a while to get there we know garrett is there now with his girlfriend but i never would have thought the day would come when chloe would leave siesta key some other big news, which I wouldn't say is very shocking, is Claire and Dale have split. And from what my friend Emily knows about the contracts they sign on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, is that we will not be hearing anything really about this breakup for another two years unless it is an approved interview through ABC. We have seen Luke P get in trouble for not following these rules, 
but I think it'll be safe to say there will be a story in two years about how Claire talked to Dale before filming this season of The Bachelorette. And speaking of Bachelor news, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but this episode I sided with Victoria. I am shocked to see Sarah's downfall, literally and physically. She fell uh, and fainted and got back up and has become Miss Crazy Pants the rest of the episode. My favorite part of the episode was definitely the erotic stories, which I found to be a very interesting date choice. It was like when the Duke was explaining masturbation to Daphne and Bridgerton, but less sexy because Matt James reading that not juicy, not sexual, not fun, not anything erotic story was making me fall asleep. But I hope that next week we get to see more airtime for my girl Abigail. That is who I'm hoping will win The Bachelor. And that is what my money is on as of right now. I am very excited though to see the future of Victoria on shows such as Bachelor in Paradise. We could only hope that this queen resurfaces with her Trump flag wrapped around her to keep her from that hot sun. Last week, we discussed the love triangle of Sabrina Carpenter, Olivia Rodrigo, and Joshua Bassett. And since then, we have a new single out called Skin by Sabrina Carpenter. And I will say that this was a good single, um, but it's just okay. I think people are being a little dramatic saying that she's 21, she shouldn't be making a response song. Guys, it's a lot more than that. It's about getting sales and creating drama and going with the storyline that their team has wanting, is wanting them to do. So get over it. It's fun. It's just typical Disney Channel love triangle drama and I am here for it. And I just want to say before I go into Bravo recap of the week is I want to give props where they are due. Mike, the situation from the Jersey Shore has just hit five years of sobriety. And I think that is an amazing journey for him. And I am super, super happy for him. And I'm sure so is his wife. And yeah, congratulations are definitely due for any time someone reaches a milestone in their sobriety. Oh my God, I cannot believe I almost forgot to mention that Amanda Bynes is about to drop a new rap song called Diamonds that she worked on with her fiance. I didn't know she was even engaged, but I am definitely here for an Amanda Bynes rap album. Hell yeah. There better be a song about dancing lobsters and Drake better be featured on a song. And no, not Drake the rapper, Drake from Drake and Josh. It's officially time to go into all things Bravo. I do not understand what is in the water at Southern Charm besides dolphins having sex, which we saw in the season finale of Southern Charm. But Kristen Cavallari and her ex, Jay Cutler, who are now back together apparently, have both been having some fun in Southern Charm 
Charleston, meaning they have basically been hooking up with all the castmates. There was rumors, and we did see that Kristen did hang out with Craig and Austin, and now we are learning that Madison LaCroix has been hanging out with Jay Cutler, and Jay came down just to visit her, and he has denied this, and then she has shown screenshots, and now there's kind of a little back and forth war on what is actually happening since Jay and Kristen have announced that 10 years cannot stop them from being in love, I guess. So maybe there will be another season of Very Cavalry. This just seems like a very, very big hot mess. And honestly, Southern Charm used to always be a mess. But as my friend Brooke would tell you, and I would tell you, this whole season has been the same storyline every single episode. I do not believe in anything that Catherine has said, and I am not defending her in any way. I am making my next statement in general that Leva is definitely a bully, and I think she's a bully to the entire cast of Southern Charm and just keeps beating a dead horse. And I'm not even talking about Catherine's situation with the monkey emoji. I'm just referring to how she treats any of the women or any of the men on the show. She just does not seem like a nice girl. And I do think it is good because we do need drama in that sense. And I'm a firm believer that you cannot get rid of people that cause drama. So she is good for that sense. But I do think there's a point where she is just too much of a bully. And I know that is her trigger word. So, Leva, if you're listening to this podcast, I do apologize. Please still leave a five-star review. Otherwise, this season was kind of a waste. It was still better than the previous season. I am interested to see the reunion because the preview does look pretty amazing. And for once, Catherine's makeup looks amazing for the first time this entire season. We get to see her with blonde hair. The theme of their outfits is very interesting but it's kind of eclectic and yet still comes together you'll see what i mean if you see the preview or you watch next week's first part of the reunion i am very excited to find anything else about thomas's new baby and to hear if leva is actually friends still with cameron because from the preview it says they haven't talked in a long time also i just realized for the first time this whole season that Chelsea wasn't in the season of Southern Charm. Oh my god, how did I not realize that? Okay, moving on to Real Housewives of Orange County. We had part one of the reunion special. I was shocked to find that it's only two parts this season, but I guess of a lackluster season, there's not much to talk about. I cannot believe how horrible (laughs) Shannon's 60s attempt of a look is her face is so orange and her legs and hands are so so pale I just I don't know what went wrong with that and god Kelly Dodd saying that Andy Cohen is un-American for not supporting the president was just I think that's going to be her send-off and she'll never be asked to come back to Real Housewives. My favorite part was when Andy Cohen quoted fans calling her a moron and uneducated. And 
her response was that she couldn't have upset or be that bad because her following has grown on social media. Girl, that is not what that is about. And I just, there's no words. I have more words though for Bronwyn offering Shannon's 14 year old some drugs, AKA cocaine, but we'll find out more about that next week. I will say though that Emily has the best reunion look so far. Currently, the plot is thickening against Elizabeth because in real life, her ex-husband's current girlfriend or fiance, we're not quite sure yet, is speaking out about Elizabeth and we are finding out that she is trying to take legal action to get Elizabeth to stop contacting and reaching out to them, calling it disgusting behavior and that what is going on in their relationship is not part of their business. She says, I do not have to follow Real Housewives of Orange County, but I do care about the people I love and protecting them in this situation. Burr and I are very happy and have a wonderful relationship. I am staying up for Burnt, who is the love of my life, and we are both secure in a relationship for years now. We both just want her to get a life and go away, and that is why I said anything. Mainly, she's been speaking out because in the reunion, Elizabeth finds out that Burnt is engaged, but Elizabeth has made a statement just a day ago saying that she has since then talked to her ex-husband and he is not engaged, but there are reports that they are engaged and X is saying that she is engaged. So what is actually happening here? And I do love that she says she can go back and stick with her cult storyline that she's using for the show because I don't think it's real either. Well, enough of that. I'm going to go into Real Housewives of Dallas now. I did listen recently to your weekly dose of BS with Brandy and Stephanie. On their podcast, I did learn that on the Real Housewives reunions, Bravo actually sends women dresses to wear and they don't have to wear what they suggest and they're always welcome to use their own items but when they do wear things that are loaned to them they are not allowed to get them hemmed or fitted to them better so there is a setback or drawback I would say to using what Bravo does send to you. This week Cameron is digging herself into a bigger hole by still going after Tiffany over the chicken feet scandal at which Tiffany now calls chicken feet gate. Also, can we just discuss how weird it is that Carrie and Cameron Westcott have a podcast together? Because you would never know they are friends besides the fact that she threw a birthday party, me and Cameron just threw Carrie a birthday party this past episode. I didn't know they were even close or they, they hung out outside of the show. This week, one of my favorite parts was Deandra talking about the fact that Brandy decided to go to Florida and that even when there isn't COVID or coronavirus going on, that you should still wear a hazmat suit in Florida. And she's right on that. Moving along this week to Real Housewives of Atlanta, I was super glad to see Candy Burris work on a program to help so many people that were in need and are still in need get food and to find out there is going to be a girls trip happening soon which is actually airing currently as I record this podcast so I'm super excited to watch that episode right after this 
we are getting closer to finding the strippers, which means we are even closer to the biggest scandal of the whole season, which is supposed to be that one of the housewives sleeps with a stripper. I also find it very comical. I actually was laughing about this by myself at Home Depot, thinking about the fact that Drew is supposed to be replacing Nene Leakes, and those are some big, big, big shoes to fill in. On to the next one, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was very awkward. We have Lisa and Meredith and Whitney hang out after the whole incident at Jen's birthday party. I am shocked, but also not shocked to see that Jen is not over what Whitney has done. She has completely forgiven Heather, but next week it looks like there is going to be a full attack from Jen onto Whitney. I will say I think it's very odd that Mary is in the intro and is talked about all time, but barely films with the cast and doesn't participate in any cast activities. So not sure how she stays around. I think Bravo keeps her as part of a main girl because her background storyline is so different that they want her to stay part of the girls because she does bring a good deep storyline. But when it comes to actually interacting with the girls, there isn't much going on. Sadly, I don't have many news updates on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Real Housewives of New York besides that we're getting closer for Ramona taking her real estate license and um, I can't wait to buy a house from her one day in the Hamptons. Hopefully within the next week I will begin my journey watching Real Housewives of New Jersey but until then I am signing off and wanting to tell everyone to stay guiltless.